This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media. For the Napsuck File Studios in Studio City, California, this is Spotlight Star Wars Episode 10. Which, of course, it's weird to think we actually will have a Star Wars Episode 10 in theaters someday. That's right. They're going to go past nine. You're no, you know they're not going to stop. It might be a point where our children's children's children will be talking about the new Star Wars movies. Is that a bad thing? I don't know. Sometimes I think it is. But uh, I'm willing to take that chance. And uh, welcome back. Thank you for uh, allowing me to have a week off last week. My uh, Friday night turned into a Saturday morning. And the thought of doing Spotlight Star Wars seemed irresponsible at that time. So uh, I took a week off. I hope you're okay. I hope you're here with me now for another edition of the show in which I monologue about Star Wars. We uh, last talked about names in the Star Wars universe with all the new names coming out and all that kind of stuff. But today I want to talk about anticipation. The anticipation of Star Wars. The Force Awakens, Episode 7. It is growing in me. It is It is rising rise anticipation it is getting uh, getting stronger in me uh the anticipation is swelling in me now i'll stop i'll stop i'll stop um what what triggered it for me it, look the the first trailer c- came out anticipation sky high the second trailer comes out chewy we're, we're home i'm crying the anticipation is through the roof all right the, the the star wars comics the books i i am reading the lords of the sith right now by by uh, paul camp and it is it is a great book i'm about 12 chapters in i'm having a, a hard time finding the time to read but it is not the book it is uh, when, when i finish a chapter and i know i have to put it down because i have to go do something else it actually disappoints me because it's a really good book, and Paul Kemp really knows how to write for Vader. And not, to other, not that other people have done it horribly. James Lucino did it quite well himself, too. But but Kemp's got—I I keep joking that he's Sith. This guy has got something on Vader. He knows how to get inside his head. And Vader in The Lords of the Sith, without spoiling anything, the guy's a monster. He is the Vader that we see in New Hope, uh, even though he's still working through some thing, some things, and they and they reference prequels and Clone Wars and all that kind of stuff pops up in Lords of the Sith, but it's done in a great organic way. So if you haven't picked up Lords of the Sith yet, do it, do it, and uh, and you'll uh, thank yourself. I just picked up an a, an advanced copy, courtesy of Christian Harloff and his. Uh, connections over there at uh, Delray and all the people in the book uh, the book club there the Star Wars book club, uh, Christian has got me an ex- ex- uh, advanced copy of Dark Disciple. I'm gonna uh, tear into that one too. Uh, um, I am uh, looking forward to that one with uh, Quinlan Voss and uh, Asajj Ventress, some Clone Wars era characters. 
But I'm, I sidetracked myself. The anticipation of The Force Awakens grew inside me this past week because of a, a simple little thing. Like I said, all that stuff's coming out. But do, do you know what kind of triggered something in me? Was seeing these photos. Actually, take it back. It was a two-part thing. It was the news of the Star Wars Force Awakens Lego sets, um, the news of what they're going to be, and I didn't even see pictures. To this, at this point, I haven't seen any pictures of the Force Awakens Lego toys or sets, uh, other than I think I saw the Falcon, and quite frankly, it could have been an old version of the Falcon because the radar dish is the old version of it, and we know in Force Awakens that it's it's uh, more rectangle. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe that's. Maybe that is the set, but I, I think I might have been the old one. So, um, God, I love Star Wars fans. I'm, I'm laughing at myself because this, I'm debating the radar dish on the Millennium Falcon with myself on the upcoming Lego set. Unbelievable. Um, but just seeing the list of what we got, we got Kylo Ren Speeder, a First Order TIE Fighter, and all this kind of stuff, and a, a transport, all these kind of cool things, and Ray's Speeder, all these kind of things. It, 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 it was like kind of exciting for me. Like, the toys are coming. They're here. This is real. We're not just seeing, you know, mock-ups and leaked storyboards and all this kind of concept art. Just the marketing's beginning in earnest. Pretty soon I'm going to be going to some fast food joint for some Force Awakened cups, and that makes me excited. And, and then the Black Series, and I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, though it's not a live show, so you can't. You're just yelling at your iPod right now. Um, I believe it's the San Diego Comic-Con exclusive, but it's the Black Series First Order Stormtrooper figure. And, and the box and the design and all that good stuff. And that. That did it. All the stuff. Yes, the trailers. Probably the best thing we've seen so far. The Vanity Fair photo shoot. I have that issue right here. Seeing Han and Chewie again. All that kind of stuff. It's, it's put the anticipation way, way into the stratosphere. But the thing that has put my anticipation for The Force Awakens into a hyperdrive, lightning speed, jump through the galaxy is seeing that San Diego Comic-Con exclusive Black Series First Order Stormtrooper. It's a mouthful, but that's what did it. And what it did is it triggered a memory in me. A memory going back to spring of 1999. That's right. We're not talking about the Phantom Menace trailer, though I still say that is one of the greatest trailers of all time. No, we're talking about the release of the Phantom Menace action figures, which also around that time you got some of the Lego sets too, and, and that was exciting too, but the release of the Phantom Menace action figures in spring of 1999 leading up to the release of the movie in May of 1999 is one of my more positive memories of fandom of any kind. With Star Wars, of course, is what we're talking about, and and I did something I I, uh, I did something on two uh, fronts of the Phantom Menace that I just won't do again, just because I think I'm I'm too old for this shit. But it's um, waiting in line after hours. I uh, did it for the Phantom Menace tickets. Got off work at 3 a.m., settled up, grabbed a Gatorade. And headed over to a, a line for tickets at the Winneka Theater, uh, Pacific Theaters in Winneka, California. And I waited and waited and waited and I got heat stroke. And my friends showed up and gave me more Gatorade and a donut, which may have 
almost killed me. Uh, and uh, it was bad. I was at a, he had heat exhaustion leading to heat stroke. It was bad. I was shutting down. All symptoms were shutting down, but I picked up those tickets, man. Picked up four or five tickets for me and my friends for one of the early showings of uh, The Phantom Menace over there at the Winneka Theaters. And uh, around that same time, I uh, not uh, heat exhaustion didn't get me down. I went ahead and got in line at the Toys R Us in Porter Ranch, California, north of the 118 freeway. And by, again, by myself, saddled up my little 1992 blue Plymouth Colt car that barely held together. I called it the blue Tic Tac. Uh, trivia question answer. My first car was a 1981 Ford Fairmont that I dum- dubbed uh, the Millennium Fairmont because that's what cool kids do is drive around in 1981 Ford Fairmont and call it the Millennium Fairmont. Might I remind you, I was single through much of my young adult life. Um, I got in there, I drove up there by myself and got in line of maybe 9, 9 p.m. or Around that time, the line was already pretty big by that point. I, I oh, underestimated the anticipation for these Phantom Menace figures. It was my first time doing something like this. But I got in line, and uh, a, a community formed immediately. We're waiting outside this Toys R Us. Because, again, children, back in the heady days of the late 90s, the Internet was something that uh, was there, but it wasn't to its uh, full capacity. It, uh, we were still with the landscape people were trying to figure out. Magazines were there. There was a lot of movie magazines, a lot of them covering the Phantom Menace. But it wasn't like it was now. That was controlled press. That was stuff the Lucasfilm at least had a say. If it came out, they didn't like it, or it was going to come out, they didn't like it. You could shut it down. If Premiere Magazine or Cinescape or something like that was going to do something about uh, The Phantom Menace, uh, it wasn't going to be leaked. That that type of stuff, uh, just it, it wasn't as wasn't as prevalent there. So in the spring of 1999, when I'm sitting outside this Toys R Us with fellow Star Wars fans, we we didn't know much. We didn't know much. We knew there was going to be a young Anakin. We'd seen the trailer. We knew we knew Natalie Portman, Portman was some kind of queen character. We believe her name was Amidala or Amy Dala or something. We probably didn't know how to say it. We knew Liam Neeson was in it. Ewan McGregor. We knew the cast list. We knew there was going to be young Obi-Wan. We heard there was some kind of crazy, wacky character called, called the Jar Jar or stuff like that. Uh, we didn't know if there was going to be stormtroopers. Is, uh, is the Emperor in it? Uh, Ian McDiarmid got cast, but is, is oh, it's Palpatine. Okay, all this stuff's being worked out. And so we, we got together in line, and you maybe get some fast food and some caffeine, and I'm, I'm counting my dollar bills, thinking, oh, how many figures, how many figures can I, can I get? I hope I can get two Obi-Wans and that, that double lightsaber-looking dude in the, he's got to be some kind of Sith guy, Darth something. I'm going to get um, a couple of those. All right, let's work. Okay. And, and, and as you're counting, you're forming a community with these people there, and people are, are guessing, speculating. And uh, no one has spoilers. No one was like, uh, you couldn't do that nowadays. Uh, nowadays, because I'm sure in line, someone would say, "Well, here I got, I have the script. I got it from a guy who knew a guy who posted it on a blog. Here is the script from The Force Awakens, and and it's all ruined. And and it's I know, I know, I know a remarkable, remarkably little amount 
of The Force Awakens at this point in time, considering the industry I work in, the entertainment media side of things, um, hosting a Star Wars show, and I've got people sending me stuff. God bless you. I love you all. I love you the way you, you support my shows. This one, the Knapsack Files podcast feed and Jedi Lines and the Popcorn Talk Network. Thank you for supporting them, but don't send me leaked concept art, storyboards, scripts, scenes, plot points, all this. Please don't. I don't want to read it. You're wasting your time. You're wasting my time. I don't want to read it, but I, I do know some stuff. Unfortunately, uh, I, I did see the Kylo Ren concept art before we knew what it was, and now that we, we've seen the trailer, we can pretty much confirm that what we saw on that concept art was what we're getting. And uh, so I immediately try to take some of that stuff out of my mind that I've seen already for The Force Awakens. But back in the spring of 1999... We didn't know. So it was hours. It was hours of getting to know other Star Wars fans and anticipating what the movie was going to be, what the characters were going to be. I'm trying to remember if that at that point the soundtrack had come out. It was around the same time, but maybe not. But the soundtrack was the biggest spoiler because we all uh, raced out to uh, Sam Goody or, or uh, you know one of those... Uh, Tower Records are one of those non-existent record stores anymore, and you picked up the copy of the CD, and you looked on the back, and there it was, down down towards the end of the track listing, Qui-Gon's Funeral. All right, we knew he was a goner. Bad marketing plan. You could have called it anything else. The Flames of the Funeral. You can call it that. But they Qui-Gon's Funeral, all right, we knew he was dead. But you could have, anyone who could have uh, figured out a Star Wars story, you could have kind of guessed some mentor was going to take a, take a dive. And that was the guy I knew. So that was the biggest spoiler. And then the trailer itself, you kind of were piecing stuff together. Like I always joke, the Phantom Menace trailer... Uh, I still want to see that movie because that movie, whatever I thought that movie, the story that movie was telling in that trailer, it, it just didn't happen. Uh, but this isn't about prequel bashing. In fact, back then at this time, the anticipation for The Phantom Menace. And well, by the way, that was a name we didn't like at that time. And now when I say it, even now, I, I, it sounds okay to me, but that's another, another discussion. And then uh, Midnight's Coming. It's 1130. It's 11.45. 11.50, the anticipation, the excitement. We're on our feet. Uh, we, we're, we know uh, what's going to happen. We're gonna, those doors are going to open. They're going to let us in five, ten at a time. There's going to be a mad rush to the right of the store. And I remember as I got up and I heard people yelling inside the store. I, and some people were coming out with bags already by the time I got there. Some people were coming out uh, and uh, showing us, uh, showing some of the figures, uh, you know, and... Uh, uh, saw, I think I saw Jar Jar and uh, Captain Panaka uh, first uh, on the outside. And then you cut in, and it's a mad rush. I'm talking I ran. The 23-year-old self that I was back then, that I, was, I ran in Toys R Us at midnight, by this time probably 12.30, to get the Phantom Menace toys. So as much as I now can maybe kind of uh, throw some heat on the prequels, as much as I've tried to maybe justify in my mind liking them a little bit more, and we've talked about that on Jedi Lines, and I know there's a, a whole generation that doesn't see the problems with them, all that stuff. Still, at the end of the day, I don't think they're that great, and I can say that now, but I cannot deny that in spring of 1999, I was racing for the toy aisle that contained all the Phantom Menace action figures. I didn't push anyone out of the way, I'll have you know. I obeyed all laws. 
Uh, on the way there, and this was funny, I, on the way there, I ran into a friend of mine, a work colleague named Bill. And I, I had no idea he was a Star Wars fan. He kind of turned to Ken, Bill. And we met at a bin of Phantom Menace action figures. And uh, I think he pulled out a uh, 3PO, and I uh, saw that for the first time. 3PO with no gold casing on. And um, I just got I got to there, and I had that little uh, carrying uh, little case there, the little uh, shopping cart, handheld shopping cart, and uh, I just started grabbing what I could. And and there were, there was no fighting. There was there was a little jockeying for position, but there was no fighting. There was there was just me pulling down a Padme Amidala. There was just me pulling down a Qui Gon Jinn. Hey, that looks like Liam, Liam Neeson. That's cool. And I grabbed, I remember I grabbed a young Obi-Wan. And I was able to grab a very coveted figure. Chancellor Valorum. That's right. The Supreme Leader. The Supreme Chancellor of the, of the Republic. Chancellor Valorum. It seemed like a great grab at the time. But actually, one of the reasons I was excited for it is because I knew, and you could see on the uh, packaging uh, to confirm it, that Terrence Stamp was playing Chancellor Valorum. And as a fan of the motion picture Young Guns, well, that's John Tunstall. And I was very excited to have a John Tunstall, a.k.a. Chancellor Valorum figure in my hands. And I did manage to grab, at one point, uh, the Darth Maul figure. And I still have that. In its packaging. Um, but uh, most of my Phantom Menace figures from that time I pulled out. I think I eventually got another Darth Maul, so I have one outside of the packaging as well. Uh, and I had, uh, I think, I had most of the first wave. I had most of them there. I did have little Anakin Skywalker, Obi-Wan, Qui-Gon, Padme, uh, Queen Amidala. And at the time, you're like, wait a minute. Natalie Portman's on both packaging for this Padme character, but also for this Queen Amidala character. What is going on? What magic has Lucas written down on page and shot on screen that Natalie Portman is two characters? It was confusing at the time. I did get that uh, Captain Panaka. Uh, I did get him. Uh, um, I got the Valorum, as I said. I did get um, an Ian McDermott, a, 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 a Palpatine figure. A Sheev Palpatine figure. Um, and I don't believe, though, I don't believe I got a C-3PO or a 2 d 2 I'm remembering right now. I still lack those in my collection. A Phantom Menace C-3PO or a Phantom Menace R2-D2. Hmm. I didn't get any of the vehicle playsets. I don't recall seeing many of them at the time. Um, but that's what I had. And I had a basket full of these figures. And I checked out and then and you compared notes with people in the parking lot. There may have been some trading going on. I don't know. I kept mine. I had those bags and I got my little blue Plymouth Colt, which was kind of like an A-wing, a broken down A-wing compared to my old Millennium Fairmont. And I went home and I couldn't sleep. I was so excited. And I just looked at those figures. I started opening them, uh, displayed a few of them. And they had those little stands that you could plug the little feet into, and they had chips in them. It, it, it just seemed cool, seemed futuristic, and it was just so exciting. It was so exciting because you knew a brand new Star Wars movie was literally weeks away. And this is what you had. You had these characters in your hand, and the story was still out in front of you. Even that Jar Jar Binks character, you ha I had that figure. You'd look at it, and, and you'd like, this guy, the possibilities of this character, okay, I'm buying in at this time. 
And uh, I think I, I don't know if I ever got a Captain. Uh, it was the Captain Tarfels, uh, uh, Jar Jar's uh, com- compatriot there in the, uh, the Gungan army. Um, I did grab a boss, Nass. Misa's mm-hmm. so happy I got a boss, Nass. Um, I had all that stuff, and I just remember looking at those figures and the Phantom Menace. Star Wars Episode One. the Phantom Menace seemed like to me at the, that point in time that it was going to be the greatest movie ever created. Didn't turn out that way? Yeah. We know. We get it. We have bashed the prequels so much, my generation of Star Wars fans. We have bashed them bashed them so much that I, I think people younger than us just want to love them out of spite. Not every one of them. I know. You're going to tweet me. You're going to write me. And you're going to say, not me, not me, not me. And you know what? I respect that. But I also respect the people that like them. I also respect the people that, I, that can sit down. And watch the prequels and just say, you know what? I'm turning my mind off. It's Star Wars. I'm happy. It is part of the canon. It is not going away. Uh, as Led, Red Letter Media will remind you in uh, their excellent reviews of those movies. So that is what that all those memories came rushing back to me when I saw that San Diego Comic-Con exclusive of uh, the First Order Stormtrooper. It just meant to me that it's coming. Star Wars Episode 7, The Force Awakens, is around the corner. And we've seen two trailers, and they both look damn good. And we probably have another one coming at Comic-Con. We probably have some more surprises at Comic-Con, San Diego Comic-Con, coming up there uh, in early July. we got more things to build that anticipation. But for me, it was that little thing. Seeing the new figures and knowing that it's Star Wars... It's Star Wars action figures, and the new movie is on its way. So, that is Spotlight Star Wars for this week. Uh, Short and sweet, to the point. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for joining me on all these uh, adventures and journeys here on the Knapsack Files podcast feed. The Game of Thrones show, which is coming to an end because the season is coming to an end. And uh, if you listen to this after, the season is already coming to an end. Um, but we're going to c- c- continue to do Spotlight Star Wars. Uh, it's There is no season for Star Wars. That's going to keep going. You can follow uh, the Knapsack Files on Facebook. You can follow uh, Ken Knapsack on Facebook. That's me. I hate talking in a third person like I'm Dion Sanders intercepting passes for the falcons um but you can follow them uh, go to my fan page on facebook or on twitter at ken knapsack and uh talk to me what is your anticipation moment what is what is the thing that has triggered or that you think will trigger your anticipation for the the force awakens more than it already is there's got to be something that makes this all real for you the Star Wars fan out there. All right, that is it. That is Spotlight Star Wars for this week. We'll see you next week. Until then, may that force thing remain kind of close to you sometime.